Welcome to the Restored and Remarried podcast with Gil and Brenda Stewart. Gil and Brenda are internationally known marriage experts who specialize in remarriage and the step family. The Stewarts offer valuable principles that can improve your relationship satisfaction with the love of your life. Here they are, coach and counselors, authors and speakers, Gil and Brenda Stewart. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're so glad to have you with us again. Gil and Brenda Stewart here with Restored and Remarried, giving you tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. And today... We're going to be tingling. There's going to be lots of tingling. Um, the, the the title of, of today's session is Sex Leads to Dancing. And, and where that comes from is from many years ago when I was going to college in my undergrad days... At a religious institution, um, there was bylaws that students have to sign off with it that we agreed that we would not go anywhere dancing. Hmm. But the key th- crazy thing was is that even though people weren't dancing, a lot of students, and at the time I was a married student during college days, but there were a lot of single students who were having sex anyhow. And, but they weren't dancing? But they weren't dancing. <laughs> So the joke was, okay. don't have sex because it could lead to dancing. Oh, I didn't know the background on this. Yeah. So, oh. hey, sex could lead to dancing in an actuality in the day and age we live. Really? Maybe the dancing should lead to sex, especially when it's in the confines of marriage. Well, I read it as, because I thought that's a really cool title. And the way I interpreted it, which we're going to get into, is this. When you have sex or you make love, it brings you closer and you find that you're dancing in the kitchen more or wherever because you have that connection. But maybe I'm overthinking it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we do dance in the kitchen. Yeah. It does lead to other things typically Sometimes. later. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, so that's that's kind of the topic we're going to talk about today is is your sexual relationship. And uh, I, think, I think the point that really is very key is, is that – Sex is more than just you know get in the sack and you know get off. It's it's not that not a physical. It, it's it's not just physical. There's yeah. connection taking place. Uh, I, I want to emphasize that sexual relationship in your life is the most and highest form of communication in your relationship because mm-hmm. you have to be vulnerable if you're really connecting at a loving way. It is vulnerable. It's it's a beautiful thing. It's it's a very high level of communication. Which the barometer truly is, is what's happening outside the bedroom. Everyone's heard this. What's happening outside the bedroom will show up inside the bedroom. So if things are disconnected outside the bedroom, then most likely your sexual connection is going to be off kilter. Yeah. Could be. Could Could be. be. Yeah. So it's like we wanted to have this podcast... Ah, Not not so much at the 30,000-foot level, but we wanted to go... As I said on my Facebook page, we want to go lower. And, of course, then everybody starts Be going careful. all the connotations. Like, where is your mind going? I mean, Well, it is like, about sex. Go ahead. Let it go. It's a deeper connection, and, and we're all about giving tools, and we don't have all this figured out. We're still learning about each other, having only been married 15 years. And uh, part of me is like, well, what if our kids listen to this? But they probably won't because they don't care what we do. Well, so stop, we're for just... a sec- stop for a second because we're actually, you know, sitting at a coffee shop, you know, writing out the notes on this. Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. And I get a text from one of our kids about texting to meet up. And I told them that we were working on our podcast. 
And he said, okay, keep it up. <laughs> just, I don't know how inappropriate that was, but I told him we were talking about sex. I didn't hear another text from him. <laughs> He's 27. It's like radio silence. So I still like opportunities to freak our kids out, you know, yeah. even as adults. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I kind of wanted to start with a couple of cute jokes. Can okay, we do go that? ahead. Because yeah, break it up this, a little bit. we got to liven this up a little okay. bit. Okay. If you have sex while listening to music, always choose a live album. That way you get an applause every three to four minutes. <laughs> I need a drum roll. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wonder what my parents did to fight boredom before the internet. I asked my 17 brothers and sisters, and they didn't know either. <laughs> Does time fly when you're having sex, or was it really just one minute? <laughs> Ouch. This is for the guys. Ouch. <laughs> Isn't it? Okay, this is my favorite, and then we'll we'll get serious. Having sex in an elevator is wrong on so many levels. Ah! I don't know Am about that. Am I the that. only one laughing? Yeah, you might be the only one laughing. I, I must be getting old. Yes. Well, I'm not going to respond to that because that could really ruin later. Yeah, yeah. You better behave now. <laughs> okay, let's dive in. Well, you know, before we dive into the subject, we really need to pay attention to something really serious. And that is our sexual habits before and during our married lives. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways especially in a sex crazed culture we can we can really get ourselves fouled up yeah by imprinting sexual habits on ourselves via you know pornography or an affair or how we you know picked up a woman or how we succumb to a man at a bar or something like that we get into these patterns and you know whether it's an affair a porn fantasy novel something premarital it is a distortion of what healthy sex is supposed to be between a man and a wife. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that cause that could actually create an extreme disconnection. And well, but there are extreme disconnections even in a healthy marriage with maybe some of this other stuff not going on. Could it can be a minor argument that we have that disconnects us. Right. Or it could be from that end of the the, the extreme. Uh, extreme to betrayal. Yeah, of uh, pornography addiction or having an affair, having but an affair. the point is, is how do you reengage back toward intimacy? Yeah, before you rush ahead, though, this whole thing about imprinting—it's <clears throat> mm-hmm. kind of like muscle memory, literally, mm-hmm. of your body. And if you went through step A, B, C, and it led to sex, that may not work in marriage, right? Because the the marriage relationship is one of intimacy, vulnerability, trust, honesty a constant connection, and if it was just a quick one-night stand or a quick little affair, that is not healthy sexual relationship. It might be fun. I, granted, I, I, I don't take that away from people. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, because but, it's not even so much uh, a physical. It's the um, emotional excitement of it, too. Right, and, and in reality, the imprinting has nothing to do with a long-lasting relationship. A long-lasting relationship in marriage is that of I'm committed to you, and so the ability to have wonderful, exciting sex is the fact that I have a long-lasting relationship with you that we can enjoy that as another dimension of our relationship. But that's imprinting positively. Positively. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Because imprinting can be positive and negative, right? Right, right. Yeah. 
So again, I just want to kind of get that up at the top so that we, and honestly, folks, if, if you've got some issues going on there, you know, how to re-engage toward, you know, intimacy in your relationship that's a, to make it positive. If things have been messed up, you, you know, again, we would really recommend that if uh, you, you, you need the help to go ahead and, and need- seek out, you know, yeah. uh, professional help counsel, uh, you know, obviously reading books and so forth, but if you need to seek out a counselor or a sex I, therapist. I yeah. really think when there's been some kind of betrayal, you've got to get professional help because if you just gloss over it and say, oh, no, I'm good, I'm good, that I guarantee you 100% it will come back and bite you in your relationship at some point. And that's where you got to flush this out on both sides. Yeah. And, you know? and and forgiveness yeah. and, and, and actually feeling the wound. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when it's at that deepest level of who you are as a person, then to restore that is so, so important. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. And I think we, we needed to preface this because, I mean, we don't know who's listening to this. No. And we know that, you know, there's so many different kinds of relationships and sexual experiences that are out there. We don't know where you fall. And we, you know, what we're going to share today, we are not... Um, here to say, okay, do A, B, and C, and your sex life is going to be off the hook again. I think what we're talking about, some of this is maybe stating the obvious. Yeah. And some of it might just be um, good old-fashioned, this is how you engage again. And, you know, especially if there's been some disconnection, I think the hardest part of engaging again is who is going to be responsible to take that first step. Yeah, that's a, that's a step of bravery in a way to to initiate, literally well, to just reach out and hold your hand, to, yeah. to invite you back into connection. Yeah, or as I walk by, just to just brush you know your back with my hand, just as a little. Um, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. here. Not yeah. that we're gonna have sex immediately, but like, okay, no? we're okay. I'm. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on. We're okay again. I want I want to go to this slow and, you know, and even just holding each other. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think I mean honestly, uh the the thought of holding one another actually kind of fast forwarding here just a little bit, you know, to your hellos and goodbyes after you've been apart for the day, a a, a real point of engagement, re-engagement, not just sexually, but the relationship is literally giving one another a hug. Mm -hmm. I know we've mentioned this before, but your heart gives off an electrical impulse that radiates about three feet away from, not three feet, but but about three, well, anyhow, about 30, 30 inches away from you. That's definitely closed the gap. I know that when I get home and give you a hug, my heart rate slows down. Mm, you know, yeah. I know I know that that's good. But what's more important is to share a simple kiss that lasts for, you know, five to ten seconds. You know, and, and I think that was kind of cute the other day when you said, I can tell in your kiss when you're ready to have sex. I thought, whoa, really? <laughs> I've studied you. Yes, you have. Yeah. So wives study your husbands as well. But yeah. I think the point being here is is that holding hands again, a brush of the hand, holding each other, giving mm-hmm. each other an honest, loving kiss, not just a quick peck on the cheek and see you bye. Uh, you know, I'll see you five minutes in, in the bedroom. Uh, no, that that's not it. That Those first five minutes when you get home, guys or ladies from the day, uh, and again, I understand that there's a lot of, a lot of women out there that, you know, are home and they're, they're making dinner or something like that. You know what? Your guy's been gone all day long. I want you. I've missed you. I've been looking forward to seeing you. Could you just slide the pan off the stove for just a couple minutes so that you don't burn, you know, burn whatever you're making so that you can re-engage? And if the kids charge in, 
So what? Push them out of the way. They need to see that you guys are connecting. Yeah. That's huge. Huge, huge. huge because huge, to see PDA between mom and dad is one of the healthiest things they can see, and it gives them security, plus yeah. the fact it does lead to things. Not always. Don't go. That's not what this is about. I thought we were talking about sex. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> Let's be honest. Come on. All right. So next thing you want to talk about. Well, and, you know, the idea of uh, making love or having sex during the week, you know, and I know we might be talking to somebody that are in a step family and they have, you know, 30 kids running in and out of the house. <laughs> That's a bunch. And, yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Maybe down that. Maybe seven or eight maybe kids. Seven or eight. And you're like, what the heck, Brenda, are you talking about having, you know, having a sexual encounter during the week? Are you serious? It's like, well, I mean, if you're empty nesting. I think even as empty nesters, we get in the rut of, oh, let's just watch one TV show and then four hours later and then we're too tired. So, I mean, you really almost need to be intentional and say, okay, we're going to turn the TV off this week or plan ahead. You know, as soon as the kids are put in bed at nine o'clock, you can have, you know, a, a, a quiet time in your bedroom alone that sometimes you, you know, sometimes you would do that if you were to go away somewhere and well, how refreshing it can be yeah, to, to, during the week yeah. and not like you have to plan this whole big weekend rendezvous. Right. It can be a very sexual, uh, satisfying encounter in your own home, which mm-hmm. that's good. I mean, the marriage bed is supposed to be that, but tending to one another's physical body that you're relaxed, that you're comfortable. I mean, if the shoulders are tight and you've been working really hard over the desk or the computer or the stove or chasing kids around, tend to one another with just a good, a really just loving, tender rub down. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to necessarily leave, lead to the sexual act if it does, which it typically does, but sometimes it doesn't. And that's okay. You both have to be, you know, talk about yeah, it. And yeah. But to really just tend to one another physically because our bodies need to be in the right place. And if it's too tensed up, it's too tired, it's hard to enjoy one another. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we forget early on. You know, the early part of our relationship, how whimsical and playful it was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I, I get it. I know you've been married a while. You, you lose that. It's like, how can you find that again? Well, and I think, all, honestly, the, the aspect of understanding that there's more than one type of sex. Mm-hmm. You're right. You know, there's, there's, there's a couple of things to think about. How would you, what would, how well, would you label I, I, them? I think sometimes it's like, you know... Do you got five minutes? Mm-hmm. The kids are out of the house playing around, and they aren't going to be any of the wiser. So let's go and play ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's kind of a quick, a quick like a picnic, like a little quick. picnic. Yeah. You know, and then there's other times when you know the kids are gone for the weekend. They are out to grandma's. Then you have a five course meal. You really mm-hmm. just take a deep, deep time of loving one another physically. And it, it does, it's a long extended period of the evening. I'm making love to you all evening long. It's not just the five or 10 minutes that we're in bed. Right. Okay. Right. So that's, that's a picnic to a, a to a five course meal. And then sometimes I think if things are really, we're in a really difficult situation and we're hurting or the bombs are flying all around us. I see, I think sometimes we need that physical connection just for comfort for each other. For comfort, yeah, to know that you're there. And, and it's, it, it brings on a whole different meaning. But then there's also, hey, this is just for fun. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. that was good. Yeah. But I think it's the place of, of knowing that it's not about the sex. It's about the heart connection. You say that all the time. I think that's so cool. <laughs> it's about the heart connection. Because you're right. But it's like, well, your body's not bad either, you know. Can I have that too? 
Which leaves me as another reminder is it really doesn't matter who initiates in the relationship. And I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, please. I always hear like it's the guys that are always initiating. What if, ladies, you turn the tables, once again, a great way to mess with your man's head, and you initiate (laughs) the foreplay. And you initiate, you know, that to let him know that he's a wanted man Mm -hmm. and that you want him to come home to you. I would not want to be a man nowadays. There is so much temptation and sexual images all over the place. You know, I, it's a battle constantly. And I want to make sure that I'm in, I've got your back and I'm protecting you in the sense that I want you to come home to me because I, you know, I want you. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think the, the, the place of understanding that if that's the case where you're coming from, <laughs> Then for a woman to realize that she doesn't need to be size perfect because the images that are spread all over, you know, advertising and whatnot is you have to be size whatever and this hard body. And honestly, no. No, that that's... Guys don't... That's not important to most men? Typically not. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, the curves in all the right yeah. places. Yes, yeah. that is very sexual. But, you know, the... The reality is, is that not all women have that. They're not, they don't have the benefit of being airbrushed in real life. (laughs) Okay. Amen to that. (laughs) And and the ability for you as women to be confident with your own body, to, to engage as well as enjoy your own sexuality speaks volumes. All, you know, because again, if guys are visual, then for you to show up in such a way that you're enjoying your own sexuality and sharing that with me, then you don't need to be size perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I've heard that before, that it's more of a woman's confidence. Exactly. And it's so easy um, for women to get down on themselves because they're not size perfect. So then they cover up by wearing a T-shirt and shorts to bed. And boy, I'll, don't get me. So- well, maybe I can get started Just here. For Just second, for a second. Yeah. It's like, ladies, what are you wearing to bed? I mean, are you, not that you have to wear, you know, a Victoria's Secret ensemble every night to say, woohoo, I'm ready for sex. I'm not saying that, but, you know, I would like, I try to be, what what do I try to be? I don't put any words. I shouldn't ask you. I don't wear flannels to bed, okay? I try to at least be um, feminine or or playful that you want to look at me. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Well, I think the point that you're getting at is is that you are allowing yourself to be enjoyed. Because, like you said before, if 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 sex is a gift of God, yeah. and He's the one that created it, yeah. then yeah. in reality, should we not both be enjoying that? And for you to feel sexual about your own physical body, and then not to be uh, somehow intimidated with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to look nice because I wanted, I want you to want me. Right, right. So then the next question is, guys, what do you wear to bed? Hmm. No, don't go there. I don't need to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> suspenders. But or I mean, something and that's like that. that's exactly right. It's like, ladies, now maybe your guys don't. I, I don't. I would think guys would care what you wear to bed, but maybe. No, honestly, like... if you just showed up with nothing at all, it'd be fine <laughs> with me. You know, but when you when you got something lacy on and whatnot, that's playful. It's fun. Yeah, but it doesn't always, that does not always lead to sex at all. But it's like ask this would be a good conversation. Ask your guy. So, if we go to bed at night not having sex, what 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 would you like me to wear? There's two it's questions. So yeah, there's two questions that we came up with that we wanted to ask. Well, this came from the uh, Family Life Weekend to Remember. 
getaway, incredible resource for, you know, a getaway weekend. And there's one part of it that, that near the end of, I think, the first day, they sent you back to your room to, to do these questions. It's like homework, and it's about sex. And I got to be honest with you, I was a little uncomfortable, and we had to actually talk about this stuff. But yeah. it was really... It was really good because I felt like we were forced to talk about it. And you, I don't know. We don't never really talk about this. Well, and the questions right? that were created. So go ahead and read. Well, the, the, the first question here I think is awesome. It's like you would talk to each other about this. When we make love, what I appreciate about you is. Fill in the blank. Yeah. And especially in a remarriage. Mm-hmm. If you've been married before or had a relationship before, you know, you don't want to bring the past into the present. Absolutely not. And. You know, you don't, we haven't been doing this since the beginning of our sexual experience, so. The second question was this, something that you would enhance, something that would enhance lovemaking for me is. So what, what's been done here is, is that we've complimented our spouse, but then mm-hmm. we've also asked for something. So if there's something that you would agree to do to enhance lovemaking between the two of us, just ask. Yeah, being assertive. Yeah. Just yeah. ask. It's not that it has to be gross <clears throat> or anything right. like that because that's not the point. I think mm-hmm. the other thought, t- too, here is is that, you know, back to a little bit of the imprinting and things that are inordinate. When it comes around the issue of an orgasm, you cannot really necessarily have an orgasm without the other. Hmm. You know, truly you can, you know, if, if, if it's the inordinate process of, of bringing yourself to climax and having, you know, an ejaculation or, or stimulation. That, through masturbation. Through masturbation. That hmm. is not an orgasm. Hmm. You know, you might have gotten to a place, but it isn't the fullest. Because an orgasm is a connection at the deepest level of the relationship. And for me to come to that place, I need you and mm-hmm. you need me. Mm-hmm. So the ability then to actually enjoy that and to surrender to one another, that is why this is the highest form of communication and in God's green earth, why it needs to be so protected because it can really get messed up. Right, right. Well, and that bonding that happens when an orgasm happens, you have enkephalins and oxytocin that's released physiologically in your body and that's a bonding hormone right so it's more adhesiveness that draws us closer together so yeah yeah uh you know i i just really think that those are some of the highlights about you know this issue and uh i think there were some resources that you had and then we have a final we have a final yeah and i also wanted to say to be playful I mean, dip your spouse in the foyer of the church or down the aisle of Home Depot. We usually take a spin here or there when we're and people look at it. Yeah, yeah, at church to kind of spin you and kind of give you a little peck on the cheek. Yeah, when people kind of like, what's be, that all about? It's like, hey, it's, not, it's none of your business. Yeah. You go have fun of your own. A great resource that we've we've talked about before is by Mark Gunger. It's called The Bead Method. And really quick, the idea is you have a bowl out in your, let's say, in your bathroom, if you share a bathroom area. And if your spouse is would like to have sex with you that night or whatever time frame you agree on within the next 48 hours, you put a red bead in the bowl. Okay. You don't say anything. You just put the red bead in there. Yeah. So one day Brenda <laughs> came home. And we were studying this red bead method, and I went to our local hardware store and found one of those sun balls that you put on a little pedestal out in your yard, (laughs) and it's about 10 inches big in circumference. And it was bright red. So when she got home and saw that, she knew what she was in for. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. But once again, that's Unfortunately, a Unfortunately, it blew over in a storm and broke. So I, I was like, oh, well. I think I'll go buy the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> 
So um, that's a great, fun resource on LaughYourWay.com called The Bead Method. Another great resource. And there's lots of resources out there. Yeah, I think one of the best resources out there that is not only clinical as well as practical, and it actually just gets down into the real nitty-gritty of it, is by, uh, I think it's Douglas. I may have the, the author's name wrong. But the title of the book is Celebration of Sex. And I would I would highly recommend that one as well. Mm-hmm. Another book is Sheet Music, as in splitting the sheets. Uh, Sheet Music by Kevin Lehman mm-hmm. would be another one. And then the last one. And then was, the last was Red Hot Monogamy by Bill and Pam Farrell. They right. do an awesome job with all this kind of stuff. Right, so. right. So the final question we want to ask you guys is this: Is that you know realizing that your spouse is a gift from God? In what ways have you rejected or criticized his gift as it relates to your sexual intimacy? Hmm. That, that, that's a hard question to ask yourself, let alone have the conversation with your spouse. I would highly recommend that you pray about it and that you pray about your sexual relationship with your spouse as well as maybe just privately, because that may mean that you need to get something right in your heart. Maybe you need to get, you know, some of this imprinting, and I don't know how else to call it, but just get some of this imprinting crap out of your system. Mm. Uh, because when you really do focus on one another, it, it is, it's a blast. Mm-hmm. It's such a blessing. It's a gift. And it is a gift. But if it's out of order, then seek Seek God. He's the maker of this, mm-hmm. and he will lead you. And if you need some help, that's where you seek out the counsel and, and those that can maybe come alongside and help you. So, again, we just want to encourage you to enjoy this aspect of your relationship. Uh, it's what it's for, whether it's a picnic or a five-course meal. Because as we've often said, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing. I'll see you later. Bye. You've been listening to Gil and Brenda Stewart with the Restored and Remarried Podcast. If you enjoyed today's time together, share it with a friend. And be sure to sign up for Gil and Brenda's free newsletter, subscribe to upcoming podcasts, and learn where they're speaking. It's all on their website, restoredandremarried.com. Connect on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and hashtag restoredandremarried. Plus, they offer one-on-one couples coaching with amazing results. Join the Stewarts next time as they provide more tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Remember, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing.